Everything is good. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, there's somebody that has got their. Something's coming through. Okay, let me just mute. Make sure everybody's muted. I think. Okay. Just one mute here. Okay. So we're ready to hear whatever you'd like to share. I hope you're recovered from. Your falls. I am. I'm recovered quite quite well so far. Uh, yes, <laughs> thank you. Uh, nothing too serious, but uh, when you get older, then those uh, those uh, little accidents weigh a little more heavily. But uh, I'm fine, um, and everything's fine here at uh, at Odaria. Here, it's uh, Tomorrow. So we're celebrating it online tomorrow with uh, some discussion at the same time. Otherwise, we're just taking questions today, right? So let's go ahead and. Really... Uh, yes, Pradhana, you want to ask your question? Hare Krishna. Yes. Um, Swami, I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit about something you've been mentioning, like briefly. In different conversations over the, I would say, like, I don't know, some months or a year. Um, specifically, I'm thinking about um, how you said that when we enter the uh, Leela, then our parents are manifestations of our Baba. And at other times, you've said things like, in, res in responding to questions about Abhimanyu or making comments about Chandravali, you've used terms that I can't remember right now, but I think sometimes you've said it's almost like they're props in the Leela. And I'm wondering if you could speak a little bit more about these little, like, seems like hints that you're dropping about the Leela and persons in the Leela. In other words, like a, if, our parents are manifested from our bhava. Are they there? Or are we just a feeling that they're there? <laughs> well, I think that um, there are a, a number of ways in which we can try to talk about um, the nature of uh, the Parvyom, Lila, and so forth, particularly the Aprakat, the unmanifest Lila, um, that uh, leaves something to be desired for the rational mind, if you will, which is good um, to know that there is um, more than what fits between our ears. Um, and it's uh, uh, worthy of our uh, regard and uh, reasoning in support of, even as it, as I say, it transcends the limits of reasoning. Um, and that's just a good point to make. I know that you, you, you're all aware of that point, but it's a good point to make <clears throat> in, um, and it may help us when we hear different devotees speak about these topics in slightly different ways in which they're trying to put into words and reasonable thought uh, explanations, um, the goings on, the workings, the, the dynamics of that um, realm, if you will. But um, uh, more precisely, in, in answer to your particular question, there is a, f uh, um, a feature or a factor or an aspect of liberated life, and that is called Satisankalpa. So um, it means that, uh, for example, Krishna Satisankalpa, whatever he desires, happens, um, right? Um, that's the real example of free will, if you will. Um, 
here in the material world, we, we speak of free will, there's arguments about free will uh, and whatnot. Um, but even if we accept as we do that, that we have an element of, of will and, it, and will is, is free of sorts, um, still it's obvious that it's not free in all respects. If you, you, know, if you j- jump off a building and you will not to fall to the ground, you will. <laughs> so um, uh, there, there, there's, there's more to it, again, if you will. But um, um, Krishna is not like that. So whatever he wills happens. Um, he wills to, uh, uh, you know, experience friendship in his Balaram, for example. Um, so, <clears throat> so that said, um, yes, we do have will, and uh, in an element of you know of freedom, uh, if you and that is covered largely by the influence of, of material nature. And the more we come under the influence of the Sarup Shakti, which is moving according to the will of Krishna. Uh, in relation to his own inner life, then um, then the more our will um, and all that we are if, uh, is comes to the to the fore, comes to the comes to the surface. <clears throat> when we express our will as the liberated being it is within the jurisdiction of the sarup shakti that means another way of saying that is that means it's it's completely one with krishna's will which is unlimitedly varied in terms of his desire to taste, there's no limit to his tasting. So um, he has, you can say, many, many f- forms, which we would call spiritual bodies. Uh, and, and associates and whatnot um, that are all expansions of his own form through which he fulfills his unlimited or various desires to taste uh, love. So when the jiva becomes liberated in the context of bhakti, well, he started or she started from the very beginning with the desire to become an associate of Krishna in, in the leela and so forth. So that will be filled in due course and that will will be again one with with Krishna's will, so it'll be fulfilled. So if Krishna's all of Krishna's desires are fulfilled, and your desires are one with His, then your desires will be fulfilled. So in that sense, then the liberated jiva is also considered to be um, sadhusankalpa to have this 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 this, this quality. Mm-hmm. Um, now he or she only desires to serve Krishna and all of Krishna's desires are fulfilled and so on as I'm saying, so so all the desires are fulfilled. So with regard to um, the nature of that, of that bhava, let us say, let's say it's Sakya Bhav or Madhurya Bhav, that the uh, devotee attains <clears throat> um, then uh, that Satya Sankalpa uh, that, that, that liberated will expressed out of that particular bhava can include within it family members, friends, uh, you know, let's say, well, relative to your question, parents and so forth. 
So your question was, well, do they really, really exist? Or is it just, you know, something that you made up kind of is kind of what you're saying, but, but it's what's, what's made up there is really exists, if you will. Um, it's hard to say that, you know, I like to think of the, the spiritual body, this citadea that one will attain as, as, an expression of eternal bhava. So the bhavas are existing, Madhurya bhava is existing, Sakya bhava is existing, Vatsali bhava is eternally existing, and they're fully expressing themselves in, in, in Krishna's abode of Goloka in particular. And that bhava is always kind of re-expressing itself in newer and newer ways. So the, the depths in the depths of the being of, of the of the Godhead, our you know sarup lies, so to speak, um, uh, or a, a a form that is the expression of our our brain. <clears throat> um, but it may not be um, manifest. Now it may be manifest, but it may be not manifest at, at the same time relative to the angle of vision. But again, we're just trying to talk about something that we say is eternal, hmm? um, but you're attaining it. So there's a, there's a problem with, with language there and thought. But anyway, um, I don't mean to complicate the issue, but, but yes, uh, certainly um, that, um, um, just let me give you an example um, in, in terms of Bhakti Vinod Thakur's perspective, that the devotee is practicing the devotee develops uh, some uh, sense of direction, uh, taste, and um, that taste is well informed with scriptural um, uh, the teachings and so forth. And so he or she, in Bhaktivinoda's example, asked by the guru, you know, what is your, you've been studying, you've been hearing, reading the Bhagavatam, you've been chanting, what's your, you know, affinity? And then they express it, and then he says yes, and then then there's some back and forth, and so forth. Um, and um, um, the will there of the developing sadhaka under further and further greater and greater influence of the Sarup Shakti is, ex- is expressing itself. Mm-hmm. And, and Gurudev is editing or, or saying, yes, that, 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 you know, that fits with, within the parameters of Rasa Tattva. So you can, you can count on that. Um, so and the point I'm making is there is there is some expression of the will hmm, of the advanced devotee that hmm, has some um, is an element of uh, part of the determining factor of his or her attainment, even when that which attained is 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 eternal. So in that sense, it's a it's sometimes thought of as there, but unmanifest, or within the bhav of that particular bhav, it hasn't expressed itself. Uh, um, I like to think like this because, you know, for example, we say, Prem of Radha is full, but it's ever expanding. At one point, uh, Lakshmi had never seen Narasimha, this face of, of uh, Narayan, her husband. But that face is eternal. So your form, your your, your day is eternal. But um, it's uh, you know waiting to manifest, so to speak, when you unite with uh, with that uh, swarup shakti in uh, in love. So uh, given the role of the will, and I'm and this is now under the influence of the swarup shakti. Yes. One can uh, create, so to speak, or the parents, so to speak, will be an expression of the bhav. And this is nicely explained in 
in a in the Nibarka commentary on uh, Vedanta Sutra on the last uh, chapter, the last uh, um, very the very last uh, section of the of the last chapter of Vedanta Sutra, of which there are four, and there are divisions within that. So, um, um, uh, Baladev speaks about it in, there in his commentary, Baladev and Bruce, and more, more generally by way of saying that which one will attain is, you know, determined by the sadhana um, from the very onset of the sadhana. Uh, Narottam has said similarly, what you attain is correspond with what you practice and so forth and so on. But there in uh, the commentary, um, there are two commentaries. Um, I believe there's Nambarka's commentary itself, which is very terse. And then there is a commentary of a leading disciple of his, Srinivas, and uh, it unpacks the commentary of, um, of uh, Nambarka. And you might wonder why I'm referring to a commentary from the Sampradaya, but we don't disagree with what they're saying there or in many places as well. The Nibarkis, they're also Ragmark Sampradaya. We have some disagreements. We're our own Sampradaya, but there's um, a, a lot of similarity. After all, our Tattva, our metaphysic is called the Chinti Beta Beta. Theirs is called Beta Beta. So it's a Beta Beta perspective. But anyway, um, there, uh, Srinivas says, and the liberated soul can create his own parents and uh, uh, so on and so forth, particularly mentions that. I was just looking at that just just yesterday, as a matter of fact. So um, interesting that you would bring it up. But the the idea is that the Satya Sankalpa, that when one's wish is totally in conformity with the will of Bhagavan being as it is under the influence of or arising out of the, the Sarup Shakti, then, um, then it will be fulfilled. Hmm? And um, it, parents exist then in that case, just like your Siddhadeha does, hmm? your, your, your body. Um, now, there are other ways that this is talked about, too. Um, in um, Dhyan Chandra Goswami's, uh, I think it's Gaur Govinda, uh, I forget the name of it. He is like a... Gaurasmarnapadati? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He mentions there that the parents' names will be made up of the, I think he said the first and the last syllable of the initiated name given. Um, it's a little bit of a handbook on, on uh, of sorts on Raghunova Bhakti, mostly consisting of, of uh, verses, mantras, verses, Gayatri's, um, and, and so forth um, to you know apply to chant and so forth, but uh, yeah, he mentions that there. I'm <laughs> just kind of curious. Doesn't go into any details. Detail that seems anyway to indicate that the initiating guru, in the context of um, um, confirming or helping the disciple uh, uh, have a uh, a nishta, a, a fixed uh, conviction um, as to his or her ideal that um, in the context of, of, of doing that, which I explained how Bhakti Vinotaku did it, uh, may be done differently than other, other lineages and so forth. Uh, there's room for that, but um, that um, that um, again, it, it's something that is is arising in conjunction with, as extensions of 
the very bhava that you attain that in a, in a, in a limited way, if you will, is spoken of as the siddhideha. So you think, for example, of a body, you know, person, a person ha, is part of the family. Their body is part of the family. There's a whole, there's a whole to your personhood, I am so-and-so. Well, whose son, who's son and daughter are you? You know, uh, and so forth. That's part of you. Hmm? So it's in that sense in which um, I refer to that. And I've given some references to help us appreciate it. But, you know, you look at it like the question is, where does your personal uh, bhava within a particular bhava, uh, uh, where does it end? And then beyond that, uh, other people's bhavas and so forth are going on that you're interacting with uh, and so on and so forth. That, that, that would be more the interesting uh, kind of question. In other words, you thought it ended with a body, I, I get a body, that's my Bob. Now it's extending to include the parents as well. And, you know, where does it end? I can't tell you exactly <laughs> where it ends. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, somewhat, somewhat individual at the same time. And at the same time, and this is kind of your question, if I understood it correctly, it's it's existing. Look, think of it again, just like your 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 sarup. Different ways has been talked about. Some some say, well, there's like paintings, uh, you know, on the walls. They're all sarups and waiting to be given to you with the correspondent with the bhakti that you you have and so forth, and that that, that uh, constitutes all you can be. And I talk about it a little differently, as I said, as the bhava is eternally expressing itself in in, in different ways and and. Um, and one correspond with you know the, the cultivation that of your of your bhakti in conjunction with your will and that will is is one with Krishna's will. Um, all of the devotees in Vrindavan, their will is one with Krishna, and they're all doing different things, and they're all desiring different things. So, such is the nature of Krishna. Does that help? I know it's kind of a long drawn out response, but yes, it helps. I think that I'm still having ideas that are forming, trying to understand some of the things you've said at other times, but I'll bring them up if they... Yeah, I didn't respond. You said something about Chandravali. I didn't hear that part. Um, well, um, because in questions re re yeah. regarding like, well, you've said things like Chandravali doesn't seem like a whole person. And um, from a psychological point of view, okay, modern psychology and, people would say something and, like that. And then in one um, question about Abhimanyu, it's, it's, well, and we hear in Gopal Champu how this is all, you know, it's not real that Radharani is married to Abhimanyu and Abhimanyu well, again, is there. Again, th th these things are talked about in different ways. So some people, some devotees say that Abhimanyu is a particular expansion of Krishna. Hmm? Some say it's just like a rumor that he exists. Um, um, that doesn't, that doesn't, um, these are the different ways of trying to talk about it, but, um, it's a particular, uh, you know, particular bhav. Hmm? Chandravali is a particular bhav. Uh, if you take Radharani and you take something out of her and make, make it into a, a whole, you know, entity, this is Chandravali or other gopis and so forth. Hmm. But yeah, these things are, are you know, there's, a, there's, it's human-like and so forth, but it's very different. So if you look at it through the lens of modern psychology, Chandrawali would look like, you know, you, you should get out of there, you know, <laughs> you're in a bad relationship, you know. Um, uh, and the same might be said for Radharani, for that matter, too, for modern psychology, but, but the, that only goes so far. Therefore, we say human-like, and, the, and, and the, the like is as important as the human. If not, um, if not more, in terms of helping us to understand it and enter into the humanness of it, if you will. Okay, well, so much for that one. Glad it was a little bit helpful. Hey, Rishi.
we have, I'll just let you know that there's six more questions. Okay, it did take a long time on that. But, but no, it was fine, it was wonderful. Okay. Um, so Sadhvi. 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 You hear me? I do, I see you too. Yes. You can't hide. <laughs> Uh, my question is um, about um, Sadaka is taking shelter of Swarupa Shakti gradually, but still somehow the karma is still working. So how exactly these two energies uh, are working on Sadaka simultaneously? And how Maya Shakti is stopping uh, the soul from entering the Lila? I was just wondering about this specific how. Mm -hmm. Like how it works. Well, there are different uh, ways in which charges have um, discussed the influence of karma on a sadhaka. Hmm? And some Vishwana Chakritako, for example, tends to say as soon as you take a bhakti, your karma's gone. Hmm? Now it doesn't feel like that to many devotees, perhaps. Um, but uh, Jiva Goswami has given an example that maybe is more practical. He says that if you take a rope or a string, let's say a string, and you, a fuse, like a fuse, you light it. Well, if you have a, if a bomb and a fuse and you light the fuse, you could say that bomb has exploded. It, it's already gone off. I mean, it hasn't. It still has to burn, but 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 it, once it's been lit, you better get out of the way. Hmm? There's nothing you can do about it. So he says that that the distance between the point you lit it and here, which explodes in our analogy, then each one of the pieces of the string has to burn through. That's true, but we consider it already burned because it's been lit and it's, 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 it's going to happen. So uh, that means that the individual karmas are you know, dealt with um, comprehensively. There are other ways to deal with karma that are not comprehensive through gyan, through karma uh, itself, or uh, varnashram dharma. Um, doing good karma, for example, to do away with bad karma, but that those are not effective in the full sense of, of the term, eradicating the karma. But bhakti is still, it will take some time. Hmm? Um, and there is parabdha karma and there's aparabdha karma. So karma that's already manifesting and that which is not manifesting, has not manifest yet. Um, sometimes it's said the parabdha karma is, is immediately changed. Mm -hmm. but that would be the most difficult to change because it's already manifest. Um, but there's a statement, for example, in the Bhagavatam that says, well, uh, that simply by, immediately by chanting Hare Krishna, one becomes qualified to perform Vedic sacrifices. That would indicate that your karma, which did not qualify you for performing Vedic sacrifices, which is the karma of a, of a, of a Brahmin, that, well, although you, you did not have the karma for that, by chanting, your, your parabdha karma has changed. Hmm? And you have the qualification for that. And more. Hmm? Um, uh, so that's speaking about bhakti's capacity, which is unique in, in the sense that Gyan and yoga, Gyan may be able, Gyan can, because avidya, ignorance, is the root of all our karmic problems. Well, Gyan is the opposite of ignorance. So Gyan can uproot the ignorance that's the root, and that way it'll do with all the aparabdha, unmanifest karma. But Gyan is not powerful enough to deal with the parabdha karma, which has to just expire hmm, in its due, due course. But bhakti has greater efficacy, so it can change the prabhu karma, is the idea. Hmm? Um, 
your Prabhu Karma it says that you're the daughter of so and so and such and such. But by bhakti, that will change, as we just said. You're going to get another father and mother. Hmm? Right? So that'll happen in, you know, in, 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 in bhava bhakti. Hmm? Um, so it will happen. It's happening, but it will take a little time. Sometimes it's said that the karma, the prabhda karma, is, is changed by the influence of bhakti, and it's going away by con- consistent you know, practice of bhakti, but it's altered in the present so that what would have happened didn't happen, but something happens. Hmm. Uh, you would have got run over by a car, but, but, but instead you just heard the horn and got scared and got out of the way or something like that. Sometimes it's, it's, it's spoken of like that. So at any rate, uh, the point is that, that the power, the capacity of bhakti to eradicate karma exceeds that of any other um, um, method and it's comprehensive and um, you know if you look at it from a more immediate personal perspective it may be taking a long time someone who has a broader perspective on time will see oh it's over it's 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 just Nothing to worry about, but so it depends how you how you look at it. How does bhak, How does karma get in the way of us attaining prem? Um, well, uh, the first thing that bhakti does is cleanse the heart, right? So before you get prem, first the heart will have to be cleansed. It means other desires will have to be. Um, retired and so on and so forth. So Bhakti's there doing that kind of work, hmm? gradually retiring other desires. The Salika day is said to be kind of a, 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 sometimes it's, the senses are used in relation to sense objects uh, for the pleasure of the senses. Sometimes the subject, sense objects are used by the sense for the pleasure of Krishna. So that you have to go more, the sadhana is all about the latter, the latter and and gradually retiring the other. So it's a work um, in, in, in progress. The more we avail ourselves to bhakti, sadhusanga, and so on and so forth, um, um, and the more the karmic influence, the material influence, the influence of the maya shakti will, will diminish. It's like, okay, you know, like you know, you, you've got the, you're in the night, the shades are pulled down and the sun comes up and you see a ray of sun coming through. You need to pull up the shades, you know, gradually. It's, it's going to take time to pull up the shades, but uh, once they're all the way up, the sun will fill the room, something like that. So does that help? Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Another question? Yes, question does. Uh, Dandava Pranams, good morning, Guru Maharaj. Okay, I've taken a long time to answer, so make your question concise. Okay. Um, Yeah. (laughs) You need practice. Mm -hmm. Um, So my question ultimately boils down into, um, is the practical application of Ajata, Ruchi, Raganuga, Sadhana for a neophyte any different from Vaidhi Bhakti in and of itself, other than the aim of the two being different? Um, are there any distinguishing uh, characteristics uh, between the two with regard to their practice? Uh, mm-hmm. d- yeah, like aside from their, their aspiration or goal? Not really. But that's a big difference. This difference between aspiration or the goal to attain in Ajata Ruchi Sadhana Bhakti um, uh, of the Raghunuga type is Golok, as instead of Baikuntha, is love and intimacy rather than uh, in, in, in regards to the, uh, in awe, in regards to the majesty of, of the God. It's, it's, it's a big difference. Um, but otherwise, so, you know, so you'll chant, you know, and hear about Leelas of the Bhagavatam and so on and so forth. So those things will be there. Uh, uh, the, 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 hearing and chanting will be different in terms of what you hear and chant about. I mean, uh, but that's more or less um, 
saying the same thing that the the goal and the, the ideal and so forth is the only thing that's uh, that's different. Um, that said, um, you know that, that there's a, there's there's going to be some kind of um, well, there's a difference in terms of learning the tattva, the siddhanta uh, of the path. Um, and, and, um, and so on. Um, but, you know, it's just not, again, it's not, you're not going to, you're going to chant, but you're going to chant about this rather than that. Uh, so, so there's, there's not really any difference. Sometimes, in fact, Ajataruchi Sadhana Bhakti is referred to as Vaidhi Bhakti. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the goal—the goal in this case—is is, is is significant in terms of the difference. Mm-hmm. Another question. Gurmash, can I make a comment? Somebody who had a comment. Gurmash, yeah, I was wondering if I could just mention one thing. Oh, it's kind of a question also. Can you hear it? Pardon me? Can you hear it? I think it's Gurmishta. No, I didn't hear it. He can't hear you. Oh, okay. Let me. Can't hear me? To do the English thing. Yeah, right. Okay, Gurmish, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can. Okay, sorry about that. So, my question, or kind of like a semi comment, is wouldn't you say, though, that the Kirtan is different? Because, like, you know, with. If you chant for Narayan, you're not going crazy and jumping up and down like the devotees do. So would that be a difference between the Ajata Ruchi and the Vaidhi Bhakti? Well, I think that uh, uh, not necessarily. Um, I think that maybe what you're thinking about is how in other Sampradayas, the uh, Sankirtan is, they also do, may do Sankirtan. Um, I've told the story, you're probably thinking of that one, how I stayed for some time in Lakshman Julan in the Himalayas. And um, we used to go to the Satya Narayan temple there, Lakshman Narayan, and um, and uh, they would do kirtan at night and then they would chant verses from the Bhagavatam and so forth. It just happened the nights I was going, they were chanting verses from the Bhagavatam about Mahaprabhu from the 11th canto, verses that are interpreted by... Um, our Goswamis to refer to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, but we did Sankirtan and they thought it was like, well, that's really different how you guys are doing that. You know, um, uh, it was unique. Um, and I remember when we installed the deities at uh, Nishingamar's ashram at that time, it was in um, one town in South India, I forget, Padmanabh Chetra. He had a temple there at one time and he invited these Madhva, I think there were Madhva Brahmins to do the puja and so forth. It was very elaborate, very technical. And then um, when it was completed, it was very beautiful too. When it was completed, we did Nams and Kirtan, dancing and typical style and so forth. And you know, brought the deities up onto the altar and they were like, what the heck is that? You know, and it was kind of a response. Um, um, in Jagannath Puri, I've told the story many times of how on the rooftop uh, of the temple, the king was there with uh, some others gathered and the associates of Mahabhu were coming from Bengal and doing Sankirtan along the way. And he said, what, what kind of religion is it? What kind of practice is this? And, and uh, I think uh, Gopinath Acharya said, it's, this is uh, Chaitanya, what is it? Chaitanya Shristi, Prem Sankirtan. It's the invention, the creation of Chaitanya. It's called Prem Sankirtan. So yes, you're right. In that sense, it is, it is different. Um, um, uh, the Kirtan of Mahaprabhu, the style of it was, was uh, revolutionary. And even other Hindus were complaining about it, thinking it wasn't appropriate to chant the names out loud like this. And what's with the musical stuff and the dancing in the streets. So you're right about that. Um, it's different, but it's different how he expressed it. I mean, um, um, 
the difference being, you know, you can have more sedate, uh, you know, kind of kirtan and so forth. Uh, um, but, but yeah, Mahaprabhu's <laughs> Mahaprabhu style is, is unique and his incorporation of simple instruments of the coal and the cartel. Um, uh, as far as we know, during kirtan, he included um so it was unique there are some unique styles within you know Gaudiya kirtan of naratam and um and others that have been handed down over the ages so there's a little bit of a difference there hmm. thank you for that Guru Maharaj pronouns. Um, am I audible? Yes, I can hear you. Thank you. Um, my question was about the manjaris and their role in the pastimes of Radha and Krishna, because unlike the gopis, then they don't seem to be explicitly described in Bhagavatam. So I was wondering also probably where I could read more about them. Uh -huh. Um. I think that you can uh, infer, and others have, the um, service of Manjuris in Bhagavatam and Rasalila, in the section where uh, the gopis are following um, Krishna's footprints and they see another's footprints mm -hmm. who worshiped him better is the obvious conclusion because he left us and stayed with her. And um, there, um, the fact that they are Radha's footprints, their comments, commentaries, I guess I should say, on, on the, the, that section that imply that uh, some were the uh, Sakis, the friends and manjuris of of Radha who could identify the marks on her feet, that that, that, that was her. Hmm? Um, in um, so it's it's a little bit abstract, perhaps. And and you're right in that sense that the Bhagavatam is not directly speaking about this type of gopi, that type of gopi, and so forth. Those uh, kinds of details can be found, however, in the books of the Goswamis. The role of this of the manjaris uh, that you're asking about in particular, um, which is a role of of one type of sakivav, it's extreme form of sakivav. You have you have to use less complicated terms. You have uh, kantabhav and sakivav. These are the two types of bhavas in, in Madhurya Rasa that are. Um, pointed out by Rupa Goswami. Kantabhav means like Chandravali, like Radharani. They're heroines who have a direct loving relationship with Krishna. Then there are Saki. So Saki means friends. So they're friends of the heroine who rather than seeking to be a group leader with one's own friends and have a direct relationship with Krishna, um, they defer to a heroine who is their friend and they assist her and they try to facilitate her coming together with Krishna. Hmm? And through the virtues, if you will, of Sakibhav, of which there are different kinds, the extreme form of that is the Manjaris, hmm? who are younger and they have extreme uh, dedication to the, to the heroine, in this case, in our case, Radha. And, um, and their kama, if you will, uh, transcendental kama for Krishna is more or less uh, suppressed um, by their uh, friendship and seva to heroin, to, to, to the kantabhav of, of Radha. And so they have a very interesting relationship with Radha in which their love for Krishna serves to augment their love for, for Radha. And as such, they 
they, they don't have any desire to have direct union for Krishna, even though their bhav is maduria and their, their kama is kind of suppressed, but their kama is fulfilled, that aspect of their bhav nonetheless, vicariously, because when the two, uh, Radha and Krishna, uh, uh, are brought together and so forth, then the sakis, and they they experienced the kantabhav vicariously. Mm-hmm. So they have their own bhav, and then what, what's included within kantabhav, arguably, they're also experiencing that. Therefore, it's just described um, as the preferable type of the two. This is for sadhakas, right? And the manjaris are the extreme form of that. So you may know these things, so forgive me if I... I'm telling you something you already know, although it's good to repeat even for me to hear. Um, but there I'm explaining some, you know, kind of rasa tattva as far as the actual, and, and, and is the, the role of then of the sakis and, and, and manjari. So, you know, they'll tend to rada. The, the manjaris in particular have a kind of a sakya uh, dasya kind of relationship with, with rada. They're, they're, they're servants, maid servants of rada. But they're friendly enough to sit on the same bed with her, sometimes joke with her, hmm? um, and so forth. But they're wholly, you know, dedicated to her, and um, and so they'll have, you know, services like uh, uh, braiding her hair, decorating her, and so forth and so on throughout the day. And so those type of things are described in Govinda Lilamrita, Krishna Bhavanamrita. You can find the role of the Manjaris. We brought out a little bit more there. Um, the details of Rasa Tattva and Madhurya with ex- it was all about. There he'll describe different technical uh, terms and then he'll give an example of it in the Leela and so forth. Um, so the different type of Sakis are, are mentioned there, their, their service, what it's characterized by and, and so forth. Raghunathas Goswami is thought to be the Prayojan Tattvachari of Gaudiya Vaishnavas. He writes about his experience in Manjari Bhav through a lot of his poems. Vilap mm-hmm. uh, Kusamanjali is one that has been singled out where he's entering into Manjari Bhav, speaking about it and then writing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so these type of books, uh, you can find that... Uh, more concentrated and direct emphasis on Manjari Bhav. Does that help? Yes, thank you very much. Okay. okay. Um, sure. Pranam School Marriage, good morning. Good morning. Um, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Rupa Goswami mentions the names of the prominent Priyasakas. And in Jiva Goswami's commentary, he mentions that Don, Sudam, Vasudam, and Kinkani should instead be understood as Priyanarmasakas because they are the very heart and soul of Krishna. And he refers to the Gotami, Gotamiya Tantra. Mm-hmm. To support this, and so I was wondering what your thoughts were on that. Well, I think that um, um, what what the, re- the reference to Gotamiya Tantra is that, that these four boys are manifestations of Krishna's antakarna, which is fourfold: uh, ahankar, uh, manas, uh, buddhi, and chitta. So no one can go anywhere without those four things, right? So the emphasis there is that, that if these boys are manifestations of his antakarna, then there's, there's nothing that they don't know about um, in terms of the, um, the Brajalila. Um, that said, so on that basis then, uh, Jiva Goswami is making a comment that in that sense, they could be considered Priyanarmasakas, who Priyanarmasakas 
are involved in the romantic life of Krishna uh, such that his other friends are not, including Priyasakas, they're not, hmm? typically. Hmm? Um, but, um, and some of them may not even know, you know, about it, so to speak. Now, these boys know about it, his romantic life, and they don't disapprove of it. So they're not outwardly approving of it like a Priyanarmasaka, like Subal or Ujbal, uh, and participating in it. Uh, uh, but they, they approve of it by way of not disapproving of it. And there is an instance that's cited uh, even in Ujbal Nilmani of Sridham, the implication the implication of this of the of this narrative or the, or the leela is that he's he's approving mm-hmm. or you can uh uh that i say that i say shri the he's a priyasaka is approving um so what jiva goswami is really saying there is that in that sense that they are aware of and at least in an abstract sense, approving of the relationship, they could be considered priyanarmasakas, but for all intents and purposes, they function only like priyasakas because they don't participate in those leelas, only very indirectly. The example I'm thinking of of Sridham is, is that uh, the, the uh, so-called husband of Chandravali, Govardhan Mala, um, he uh, was complaining about uh, Radharani, I think Chandravali going to the forest and and uh, implication of which was she must be meeting with Krishna and you find Sridham's standing up for for Chandravali's chastity and, and so on and so forth and and challenging Govardhan Mahal and threatening him really saying so many men are going to the forest you know, so many women are going to the forest you know uh, and don't think like that you know about Krishna you know um, and if you do, you know, you, you, you'll be finished and something like that. So I think uh, Vishwanath Chakravitakura has commented that this indicates that he, that he actually approves of the relationship, um, but it's in a very broad sense. The way in which the approval, approval is, a, is, is uh, anumodana means sympathetic approval. Hmm. Um, so this, that's Anumodana Bhav is, like, is the same thing. The Saki Bhav in Madhurya Rasa is full face of Anumodana uh, Madhurya Rasa. Priyanarma Sakas have partial uh, Anumodana Bhav because they're in Saki Rasa, so it's partial. Um, but they approve, and they are, their approval is, you know, is extreme in their case. So it becomes empathetic. Well, they, they, you know, to be sympathetic is one thing. To be empathetic is another thing. Empathetic means to, to actively participate in bringing about a solution to the, 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 the tribulations you know, or the suffering of another. So they're active. So that's how to think about that. I mean, only in an in a, in abstract sense, they could be considered pre sakas because they're privy to those activities and indirectly they approve of them because the Saka is privy to them and approves of them, but furthermore overtly participates in those um, affairs, assisting Krishna and Radha. Does that help? Yes, Gurmash, thank you. Okay. Indra? Hare Krishna. I actually do have a follow-up to this exact Can't hear question. You. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now better? I can. I can hear you. Can you? I can see you. Yeah. Thank you. Hare Krishna. I actually have um, Haribo. I actually have a follow-up to um, this uh, approval um, because you said, okay, they, they approve, but are there actually Gopas who disapprove or disapproving would just mean that they kind of don't know about it? Yeah, they don't disapprove and that's oh, yeah. in, in, in the full sense, but they, they don't, they're, not, they're not involved. Mm-hmm. Okay. Involved with that, Krishna's Krishna's separates from them and participates. So they, they, there is going to be some gradation of approval and awareness, and, and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Are you Vidag Dhamada, Vidag Dhamada, Vidag Dhamada of Rupa Goswami 
just walking with his friends and he, and he says, he, he, Radharani's on his mind. He says, uh, Sridham, have you, have you seen Radharani? And Bhubal goes, says, what are you crazy? That's his sister. Of course he's seen. So there's a difference between Subal and Sridham in terms of their, I mean, and Sridham lowers his head. He's kind of embarrassed. That's his, that's his younger sister, who he's supposed to take care of. Protect from knaves like Krishna, but you know, Krishna is pretty charming. So he approves, but official, but not officially and over and overt overtly. Okay. Hare Krishna. I actually had a, a question before that. Maybe it's too late. I don't know, but it's just it's just a very short, not even super deep philosophical question. So in the interview series that Archana City is doing for us, which is so awesome, um, Shyamananda mentioned that you uh, compiled or you helped to compile the science of self-realization, which was my first book. So I was just wondering if you could kind of like um, tell us about the story behind it. Was it when you were back in like LA? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was traveling and distributing books at the time, and uh, my friend Ramaswar was in, was pretty much leading the uh, publishing of the Bhaktivedanta Book Trust, and he was stationed in Los Angeles. So because I was out in the field, he would ask me questions about printing, what we might print, what, what people would be good, and so on and so forth. And um, so um, I came up with the title. Science of Self-Realization for that book. I don't remember if I had too much more to do with it other than, you know, discussions of what might the contents might be and so forth. Um, we thought, I thought that would be, that would be a good, good title, you know, people would, would pick up on and so forth. So we talked about that and there was a big, big printing run. They wanted to do a, a large, while we wanted to print all the Prophet's books, we wanted to print large numbers of ones that would be more readily distributed. So then I was consulted in, with regard to that. That's how we came up with the Science of Self-Realization as a new book. And then the first canto of the Bhagavatam, I said we should print that in mass because Prabhupada wrote the first canto and he, he was writing it as if he would might not get through that, what to speak of, complete the whole task of translating and commenting on the Bhagavatam because it's such a large uh, text and he was rather old. So he compact, put a lot, excuse me, I should say, uh, packed a lot of that into the first canto, hmm? the, the basic philosophy, which in the other cantos, um, he didn't to the same extent. So we printed those and then we printed the Nectar of Devotion and the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, which is a condensation of the whole Chaitanya Charitamrita. Uh, Bhakti, uh, nectar devotion was a summary study of the nectar of the, the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. So I was involved and I was consulted about, about those types of things. Um, so glad that the book had a good effect on you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And um, in the chat, oh. Krishna Kumari is also saying that it was her first book. And yeah, the title is just really awesome. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> glad to be involved. <laughs> So, all right, well, that's it for today. Nice to talk with all of you. And I guess we'll be together, together be together again tomorrow at the same time. Yes. Jai, Nita, Jai. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, dear devotees, just to let, just to, um, let everybody know that tomorrow, um, Guru Maharaj will be back on the call doing um, a talk for Lord Nityananda's um, parents' day. So um, we'll see everybody back here tomorrow at the same time, which is 11.30 Eastern Standard Time. So look forward to it. And you can, I didn't get the list of all the, the classes, but there's classes going on every day um, during the week um, at 11.30 and they're all listed on Sri Chaitanya Sangha page, so on Facebook, so can see who's speaking and what classes are going on. So thank you for all the wonderful questions, devotees, and um, we'll see everybody tomorrow. Wait, I have a question. I have a qu can you oh, hear me?
question. Yes. Okay. Um, do I meant to text you this morning? Do you want me to host tomorrow since you hosted today? You know, I, I, asked, I actually asked Sakirati if she could do it because um, I didn't think you would, you know, the, I know that you had in the past said that the classes were a little long for you to do. So I had asked her. Okay, that's actually great. I was kind of worried. I was like, oh, no, I hope yeah, yeah. like not doing too much. So I'm glad that you asked her. Okay, yeah, that's I, fine. I, I just thought that, you know, spread the wealth out here. You know, yeah, I think it's good. I think that's good. Did you, cool. you did three hour uh, class, uh, you did the memorial last week, three hours. And I was like, oh, Rodney needs a break. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I, I'm pretty tired, <laughs> even still, but um, okay, cool. I'm glad that that's taken care of. And